Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the episode 16 of Tuesday Track Talk featuring your Three Stones pit crew. I am Kellen, your Jackman. I am Cameron, your gas man. And I'm Cam, your tire changer. And we've got quite the episode today. We've got everything from racing vocabulary to breaking news with Kyle Larson um, and a little bit of dirt super late mile racing out west um, at Vado. So we're going to kind of cover the gamut. We'll be kind of keeping you in tune here and there if something big happens at the Chili Bowl. So um, as we're just kind of recording here, we'll be kind of glancing around and keeping an eye on that as well. But uh, fellas, what's what's new from the last rendition? Really nine That's days into 2024, and we already got awesome racing. So, um, yeah. <clears throat> that's about it. Uh, the boys at Votto, and uh, it's driller season already. So, nothing new here. Um, first, I would say for me, first real week of actually being dialed into the Chili Bowl, and uh, been an awesome couple nights of racing already. So, I'm just looking forward to watching that the rest of the week. And Votto's in full swing. So, nothing new here. Racing's picking up again. Life is good. Yeah, this is, and we've said this before, is when Chili Bowl week comes around, flow racing pays for itself just for this week alone. Absolutely. And especially now that the entire thing is on flow where it used to be uh, the C's, the B's, and the, and the A main on Saturday used to be on MAV TV. Now it's all on flow. Just makes it even that much better. So, um. No, it's this is awesome. It's a great week. Um, you know, our Packers snuck into the playoffs this past weekend. I think that wasn't on our bingo card as when the season started. So got to be happy about that. And yeah, just uh, starting off the new year basically with with some exciting stuff. Well, it's uh, <clears throat> talking about flow in the Chili Bowl. I think you know we're. We're recording here in, in about 40 minutes ago, uh, the news that Kyle Larson is going to return himself to the Chili Bowl this year, uh, kind of as a late entry with uh, with that Coons Motorsports team. So um, for them, adding another one to the stable, but also adding a guy that can go in there and win that deal. So that's breaking as of not even an hour ago. So, so uh, for those that didn't, weren't watching flow at the time they had an interview with keith coons uh about how the whole deal kind of came together and larson texted him at eight o'clock this morning hey congratulations on your prelim win last night if you get a chance give me a call they had a conversation saying i've got the bug uh i'm looking to maybe around thursday do you have an extra car keith coons is like yeah let's uh let's call some people up i'm sure you know toyota and chevy and sponsors and all that make sure everybody's okay with him running it everything was good got the logistics figured out was able to get it set up so the big question revolving around it is how larson has to pretty much lock in on thursday in order for this whole logistics thing to work out especially for saturday so it'll be That'll be another storyline to kind of follow, especially when Thursday uh, comes around. Yeah. So a lot of moving pieces, to say the least, in terms of getting that whole deal situated. Obviously, he's been down at Votto, uh, running with the Kevin Rumley squad in that 
that six super late model. So, um, yeah, kind of another fold in the whole Chili Bowl week is a, a guy jumping into the program late, especially a guy that could hop in a car and win this whole deal. So, um, kind of kind of going on that, we want to talk about winning this. Um, how, how have we felt about the last couple nights of racing? Been solid. Their track's looking really good for a lot of these guys. I haven't heard any bad comment. All of them are saying, like, Walkopedia, this is his week where he shines the most. He loves the Chili Bowl, and he does a lot of coverage with it. He was saying that if the track gets prepped like this all week, this is probably going to be the best, some of the best racing Chili Bowl's ever seen. Like, it's solid. No, and so far, I mean, this is uh, kind of a dome race. Like, not only that, but you get out, you get out here, and you can't afford to get tangled up in a mess and blow a tire and, um, you know, go to the back or not even finish the heat. Um, so again, it's just another race of you got to go, but one mistake and you've got yourself in almost a insurmountable hole. So, um, just interesting, uh, to watch the whole thing and the way guys are racing. Um, somebody I, where he makes a say and he looked dang good tonight was Buddy. Yeah. Buddy Kofoid. Um You were saying in the group chat, he's a man on a mission this week. And he was crossing people up and yeah, he looked good. So um no. It's fun. And then obviously we got just guys that you want to watch race um that have throw their names on there, Tyler Courtney. Ricky Thornton Jr., Kyle Larson, um, Buddy Kofoid, Timaz, I mean. Parker Price Miller, Justin Grant. Yeah. Um, and we're forgetting a whole host of people. David Gravel, Nick Hoffman. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think this is just uh, obviously we're only whatever, a few days into it, but uh, just great uh Superstars from all, all backgrounds over. of yeah, from all backgrounds of racing, um, coming together on this little bull ring and letting it rip. So uh no, it's been awesome so far. I think the other thing too, kind of referring back to the dome uh in St. Louis, was the personalities. You see some of the personalities come up on this. Like <laughs> Hoffman yesterday, you know, referring to, you know, I'm doing this for all the shitbox drivers out there. Uh, and then they just had the piece on Robert Bell just before we got on today, his little journey from last year as well, and the, the character that he is. So that's the other thing is you, you see these cast of characters from all around the country and around the world because you got guys from Canada um, and Australia here too. You get to see all these cast of characters just like the St. Louis Dome, just in another, another form of racing. So it's really cool uh, just to see everything and how it works out. So, yeah, it's just it adds to the the excitement of this week. You get to guys see guys' personality, and then not only that, but we don't <clears throat> encourage or vouch for it on this, but um, I guess we can promote it because they promote it, but you might even see some some fists being thrown. Um, <laughs> you know, they told them what? You've got between corner 
one entry and corner three exit. Basically, the two the two exits or the two ramps for the you track. Got between those, the entrance and the exit to settle it, and they basically said they're not going to step in unless it is somebody goes down and there's a major advantage. So. If Which I think that, is, if you're into that kind of stuff, we don't promote it. But if you're into it, this is another reason. Well, I think it's smart too, because like the explanation of it too was we don't need to bring up in the pits where you have a lot of people moving around, a lot of cars moving around. You don't need you know multiple people gaining up on one person in the fight, or people getting tossed into cars, or you know you don't need any of those extracurricular activities going on. It's it's controlled, for lack of a better term, on the racetrack between the two drivers that's it and it's one of those if you're fighting in the pits you're you're gone for the rest of the week doesn't matter if you're a man or not you're gone yeah and that's that's a good stance to take on that and just dictionary it right from the beginning yep here's a, here's here's your risk reward you want to fight in the pits pack her up and head home here's the president for the week we're not budging from it yep so pick and choose your battles wisely um, and go from there. So um, that's kind of a kind of a wrap on what's been the first couple of days of Chili Bowl. Obviously, Sunday we had practice. Monday we had the race of champs with Logan CV winning that deal. Talk about a reigning champ showing up. Um, he pretty much had that race. good this week. Yeah. He pretty much had that race under wraps. And then um, as we're recording, we're mid, mid night two. So, um, it's kind of where we're at with the Chili Bowl. Um, let's go out west. We're going to go super late mile racing with the Votto with the Wild West Shootout. Um, they've had – they're kind of a little bit on the same schedule. They've had two nights of racing already. Um, Tuesday night's a practice night for them. Uh, Cade Dillard winning night one in the Supers and the A-Mods. Um, and then Bobby Pierce winning night two. But Cade Dillard winning night two in A-Mods as well. So, um that dude's got it figured out, and they actually <laughs> Larson posted they had a little snow on the <laughs> yeah snow on there actually, so that's pretty crazy. Like we're sitting up here in um in Wisconsin here, I've got eight inches in the last twelve hours, so um, I got one inch. And then you got Larson, who's got his car out <laughs> unloaded down at Vottle for practice night, and they yeah. got snow. So, um, and obviously just a little bit, but kind of. Kind of cool to see that as we're getting pummeled up here. So, but no, uh, Votto's been great. Um, the track prep's been awesome. It's been last night was super windy or two nights ago, was super windy. Uh, uh, Sunday, 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 yeah. But they did a hell of a job with that track prep. Um, you got Bobby Pierce doing Bobby Pierce things riding the top. You got guys wrapping the bottom. You got guys just throwing bombs at each other. Um, so that's been uh, – it's refreshing to get back on flow and listen to the Lucas Oil guys on the call and um, get to see those massive sliders. It just gives you the itch again, you know. It's it's like, all right, let's let's get these boys rolling on the series and we can flip on every weekend and get them tuned in. So, um, yeah, that's been uh, – they got good racing out there. So any final thoughts kind of a bottle before we jump into the main the main content for today? I hadn't watched any races out there in the past, so tuning into that one, I, I really did like how just that track runs. 
It seems like it's very wide and fast. I'm trying to think of like a track that it kind of compares to. Uh, I think it's Portsmouth, I want to say, like as far as how wide and fast it is. Yep. And again, I'm obviously not that too, or uh, tenured in the dirt racing scene, so I'm just kind of shooting from the hip. But it's, uh, that, that drew me in a little bit. Uh, Mike Marlar kind of strutting his stuff again. And mm-hmm. on Sunday as well, he he had that all locked up up until that caution with five to go. So still showing how that that switch over uh, late in the season for him is still proven to be uh, good for him and really coming in strong to for the new year. Yeah, and I think <clears throat> um, kind of piggybacking off all that, um, Kid Diller getting a win was happy for him. Um is a guy who runs world outlaws. Um, I think, does he build a lot of his own chassis or he has a chassis business? He's got um, a chassis business. He builds a lot of, he builds a lot of modifieds. Um, he runs so, Longhorn and Super. Yeah. So obviously somebody who's dirt racing through and through. Um, again, doesn't have, doesn't have a whole lot of wins or not always consistently up there uh, running front. I know when we are at Cedar Lake, I don't know if you guys remember him, but he rolled out there and for intros and then they went to fire him and roll around the track. And oh, he had the he was, issue. Yes, that's right. And so they had all the crews from all the different teams in there helping him. Luckily he got out there, but no good for him. And then, um, you know, Bobby Pierce getting away in the other night was <clears throat> his teammate missing a beat. Um, picking up right where he left off. And then somebody I'll give a shout out because um, I'm sure he is listening to the podcast and keeping receipts, uh, Turbo, uh, Tyler Herb. Yeah. Um, I uh, shamed him as one of my 2023 biggest bust, and he must have listened, and he's really motivated because he's starting out 2024 with a solid run. Um, he's been solid both nights. Um, I know for sure he podiumed on was that Sunday night. I think yeah. uh, Sunday, Sunday night I uh, was on the podium. So, no, um, it's been good racing. Kyle Larson's out there again. So, again, when he throws his name in the hat, obviously it's going to be good racing and some of Dirt's best out there. So, um, yeah, got another week uh, where you need multiple screens. I didn't realize that uh... – they they were running two different tire compounds, or they had the option to run two different tire compounds. Because Mike Marlar mentioned that in his interview that he went with the yeah. softer one, and he thinks that's what hurt him on that restart. Yeah, he just he didn't have whether they were really just worn off, or they got too cold, or whatever the case was, or didn't get cool enough. That's what hurt him on that restart. That's what allowed Bobby to get around him then. Yeah, yep. So, <clears throat> yeah, and. You gotta remember the track was drastically different as well with the wind. Yeah. Just because it's so goddamn windy. Um, but hey, Cal, come on, shout him out. What? Nope. Come on, shout oh. him out. What? Shout out your neighbor. Oh, my neighbor, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, no, I kind of a surprise. Um, even going to a backup car, um, Garrett Alberson. Mm. 
Dude, we we always it's a running joke amongst us because I'm out of Platteville, Wisconsin. He's out of Dubuque, so he you could throw a football down to the shop. Was when we kind of joke about it, and uh, but no, one night he had he had issues with the car. He went to a backup, unloaded, and he went from like sixteenth to seventh or something in the backup car. Damn. Uh, the the dude, it was quick time the first night overall. Um, so the dude's unloading with rockets this year. So hopefully we can keep that rolling and uh. Get that, get that rocking in the in the twenty twenty four whatever series or events he decides to follow. So, has um, he made an announcement if he if he's following a series and what series? I don't think so, um, but I would. If I had an inkling, I would guess Lucas Oil again. Yeah. Um, Speaking of that, uh, got to kind of jump in real quick. Buddy Colfoyd announced that he was running the World Atlas today as well. You'd see that, yeah. Uh, so that's big move, I think. There it adds to that World of All Laws roster. Um, I'm intrigued. I'm interested that he's committing to a series, though. I know he was kind of a true outlaw, kind of just running races here and there, and and hopping in and out of the midget car as well. So him committing to a series is actually a little surprising to me. So, um, it'll be interesting to see what he can do. He kind of referenced uh the TRD program as a big reason why he's doing it, but also. Uh, still kind of may have some sights on NASCAR as well. So, um, excited to see what he could do there. Um, but I just, I had, I thought of that just as you were saying, kind of where, what series is good around. So I had to throw that in there real quick. I thought, I want to say one, another thing that might be adding to that or why he's doing it stability. Um, last year he was, you know, true outlaw picking and choosing all of his races, but. Using, I think, three different seats last year at least uh, yeah. with three yeah. different teams. So he might have settled down and got some stability and a team that's going to back him and say, We're going to, you know, whatever you want to do, we'll, here's your options. We'll, we'll do it and we'll stick with you. And I believe he's got that mobile one sponsorship too. He's got TRD, but I think he's got mobile one as well. And that's a big sponsor to bring in. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, could be it too, um, but either way, again, uh, if not a star on dirt already, definitely a rising star um, and a name that people on the dirt scene, if you're not familiar with, you will be very soon. You you mentioned the word buddy, and you ever and there's a lot of people that know exactly who you're talking about. Yep, yep. for sure. Well, that kind of wraps up what's been. A chaotic preview review of the wild week of dirt supers and the chili bowl and kind of where we're at with those. Um, but now I think now's the opportunity to jump into um the fun stuff for today. So um as suggested, requested, I would say would be the words. Um we've had we've had a couple requests for uh what would be um as the comments said racing for dummies 101. Um, but no, just kind of a good opportunity to touch base on some of the terminology and some of the lingo that we as household race fans know, we say, and you may be, oh, what, what's that? Um, so this is, a, I think this episode is going to be for you to be able to follow up on that and kind of QZ in on where we're at in terms of different things we may see or say that kind of leave you under, oh, that's weird, so. Um, it's a great opportunity to to collect that dialogue 
um, and be able to make that connection in terms of some of just the terms we we threw around. So um, we're going to cover race format. Um, so kind of how a race day would look for um, both dirt and asphalt and even NASCAR. And then from there, we'll go ahead and jump into different terminologies and differences for um, those two different surfaces. So you're going to kind of get the whole gamut of what race day looks like in terms of structure and then in terms of just some of the different terminology and differences and similarities that uh, both the dirt and the asphalt may have. So that's where we're headed. Um, the very first one we'll jump into right away and um, we'll kind of jump into what will be your race format. this so um right out of the gate we're gonna go ahead and jump into our uh short track racing format so um just kind of talking about the logistics of a race day um in terms of both your asphalt and then at the very end we'll kind of briefly touch on nascar just as it kind of follows through with these two series or structures so first of all, we'll jump into we'll jump into uh, asphalt short track racing. Um, so kind of looking at this as it goes throughout the day. Um, when you look at it, um, most times they have what they would call a, a rotating practice, um, and most times it's a blocked section of time where it may be a, a fifteen minute practice, it's a ten minute practice, it's a half an hour practice. Um, so you'll kind of each series will get their practice times. Um, and then from there, they'll jump into their qualifying. So qualifying can be a little bit different just based on the series where most times with your asphalt super late models, those will be single car qualifying, um, or they may even do group qualifying, which would be one or two cars, maybe three at the most. Um, but most times you'll see um, single car time trials from that. So um, they'll get their qualifying qualifying results top to bottom. And then from there, they will cover or go through the invert, which would be up by us or the series we follow would be a dice roll plus a selected number. So if you dice roll a six and your invert number is three, you're going to invert the top nine. So ninth qualifier will be on the pole, um, eighth, number two, and so on from there. So um, that's kind of how you would set that your uh, field with an invert. From there, they will run heat races, and most times the heat races are pretty short, less than 10 laps, depending on the track. Most of them are going to be six, eight, 10 lap heat races. Um, they're just kind of groups based on your qualifying. Um, but at bigger events, this is where you can lock cars into the feature. So you go to some of these bigger events, um, you could see heat races where you lock the top three into main events. So opportunity to also get track time, but make sure you're in the show um, before you even have to get any further into it. Some of the events up by us, um, and I say this just kind of with uh, super late model events in mind, is they will run dashes. Um, so the dashes are kind of like heat races, kind of similar, but they can be based on um, odd or even. So where you qualified, odd, one, three, five, seven, nine, even, two, four, six, eight, ten. 
Um, and they will take those, um, and even some events will use those uneven dashes to set lineups for inside and outside rows. So, um, again, same idea. You can start at the back of a dash. You can make up a little ground and advance your start position for the main event. Um, going from your heat races in your dash down to your C and B mains, um, this is what you would call your last chance qualifiers where – you have cars that are not locked in. It's a 24-car show. You've got 31 cars at the event. Um, if you're not locked in, um, this is your opportunity in your B-Main to be able to race your way into the show. So most times there's a selected number of last chance cars that will get into the feature. And then from there, to kind of round out your field is you'll be looking at um provisional drivers announced so most times when you talk about provisionals these will go to drivers that are running that series for points um or there may be different types of provisionals as such as a promoter's provisional um or or different things like that that um can get select guys into the field to kind of round out the total uh the total field for them that said event so from there it's nothing nothing left but the a main or the feature race so that kind of looks that's a kind of a look into what um your race structure looks like for your asphalt short track racing um kind of giving you a sneak peek into different weekly structures and then obviously some of the bigger main events with um having around last chances and uh provisionals and things like that so I was going to hop in so and break this down like even further or even simpler terms. So like Kellen mentioned practice, that's 10 minutes. You can go out there, you can run two laps and you come in and you say, this car is really slow. You talk to somebody, your crew chief, you go in there, you change your tire pressure, you change, um, whatever adjustment you think is going to make the car faster, then you can go out there and you can practice more laps. You think it's slow. You can come in, you know, whatever. So that's practice is like blocked off. You got 10 minutes to go out there and basically practice. You can do whatever you want. If you don't want to run any laps, don't have to. If you want to run 50, if you can run 50 laps in 10 minutes, you can do that too. Um, But that's just a, basically a time for you to get out there and get yourself acclimated to the track and what you have in your car. So um was just going to jump in and kind of chime in on a few of these things. Qualifying, Kellen kind of mentioned it, single car and group. So that basically means single car, there's one car on the track at a time. You basically get two laps and you have your, um, hopefully Van Grohl's got it in his race lingo and terminology. Um, and why am I drawing a blank on it? Start up. No, your timer. What do you got on your stopwatch? No. What do the guys have in the car? Receiver. Huh? What? Are you... Oh, uh, uh, oh. Why? Why can we not? Transponder. Transponder. Oh yeah. So guys Pretty got a transponder on that times. You know when they hit the line, go around. Yeah. You know whatever. So single car means there's only one car in the track. You get yeah. two laps, and 
go as fast as you can and don't wreck your stuff. Group would mean we're going to put, you know, at probably at, at like stuff around here, three cars on the track at a time. Yeah. So there's only three cars on the track. You're all running um, your two laps at the same time. And then um, you get your time and then you're done. So um, those are just a couple, um, couple one hairs. And then the other thing I was going to mention, so heat races for, you know, even breaking it down even further. So heat races, what Kellen said, would lock you into the A main or the feature. So you go into a heat race and they'll say only the top three cars are guaranteed to race in the feature. So you go into the heat race, you got to finish in the top three to lock yourself in to race for race in the feature. If you're not in the top three, then you're going to C and B main or last chance qualifier. So um, a lot of times heat races will say, we're going to take the top two or we'll take the top three, which means by taking the top two or three, you have to finish in your heat race in two or three, and then you are guaranteed to race in the feature for the big money. So um, just going to, kind of chime in and break that down even a little bit further um yeah yeah a couple good points yeah even, I, even I, go ahead i did have a couple of points as well uh practice they do also have scuff sessions so yep. a lot of times it's you know guys will practice on tires that they've ran a lot of laps on and start their own tires that they bring in and then they'll put their stickers on, also known as a brand new tire, um, to pretty much scuffle them in, kind of break them in a little bit before they go out for qualifying. Um, and then for qualifying, uh, sometimes they'll also lock in a predetermined amount of cars as well. You know, the top yeah. 16 cars are, are automatically locked into the feature from there. And that's kind of how that role, that invert works as well. So I think you guys covered the rest of it. That was the only other two points that I had. Yeah, so there's even there's even layers inside of just the terminology itself, and these and these are all just examples. You have to remember that these can vary from event to event to number of cars that are at said racetrack, and it can even vary from features uh, weekly to special events. So um, the numbers we're just throwing out theoretical numbers to give you an idea of what this structure may look like um, with that. So. Um, yeah, maybe a couple that I I need to let me slip by here. So um okay, you let slip by just we can I just probably getting No, no you're good. Sub bullet points below the bullet points and sub no. sub bullet points below below the sub bullet points. So no. and like you said, we can explain this to you and you could take this to the racetrack with you, print this off and take this with you, and you might show up to the racetrack thinking you have the answer key and you got the answer key to the wrong test <laughs> because, <laughs> because, because the, the event might be doing something, <laughs> might be doing something different. So yep. um, we're just given speaking in general terms. Um, yeah. This Throwing. is a general format of what most racetracks will follow. They'll follow some format of this. I'm going to do a little shameless plug here as well. Uh, Great Lakes frequencies, Kellen and I think Cameron as well. You know this, like the frequency sheets that I get typically at the oh. racetrack, or you'll see. Uh, 
the guy that I that I go on the track with, he puts all those together. Uh, typically, for a lot of the short track races and like the ASA National Tour as well, he'll put a schedule of events and kind of breaking it down as well on his list. Pretty pretty close to how this works, you know, list out all right, what are the provisionals, the features, you know, the invert number, you know, anything like that. So they do a really good job as far as uh, event breakdown as well um, on the asphalt short track racing scene. So there you I had go. to throw that shameless plug in there. Yep, there you go. You got the answer key when you show up. <laughs> you don't have to take it with you. Yep. The answer, the answer right there when you get there. So, yeah. So, again, a <clears throat> ton of different layers to all of this and uh, just trying to give you a general idea, format in terms of numbers and events and timing and what that may look like. So, um, yeah, that, that kind of touches on what is your, your asphalt short track racing look, outlook um in terms of that um so kind of a couple anomalies and i threw these in here just because i feel like we can talk about this even a little bit more in depth is um there's a few different race structures in terms of length that you'll see for us um some of them they're just going to be uh you could you could call them a single run race or straight through um most times at least for the asphalt, uh, asphalt lead models you're going to see those be about 100 laps where the only time, only downtime you really have per se would be cautions. Um, so just counting a hundred green flag laps, um, just going to run them straight through. Um, but then if you look at some of your longer features, um, and most times you're looking at races that are going to be more than a hundred laps, some can even run up to 400. Um, you have what you can call, call a controlled caution where you'll have your crew in the infield. Um, and you can come down and you can make changes where you can do, you can change tires, you can make chassis adjustments, you can fuel the race car. Um, if you're quick enough, you can make shock changes as well. Um, where you kind of just have like a mini pit set up in the infield. Um, and then as long as most racetracks, as long as you come out in under three laps, you will get your spot back. So they're just controlled in the sense of it's not a green flag or a, a live pit stop. You come in, you make adjustments as long as you fall under that. You don't lose positions to the guys that come into the pits with you as well. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Yep. If you stay so, out, you start behind them. But if everybody comes in, you come back out in that same position. Yep. The order you go in is the order you come out as long as you fall in that said lap count, which is counted by the pace car. Uh, that was a very big Midwest thing. Uh, it's always been a big, big Midwest thing for years. It's kind of starting to sprawl out to other, uh, other short track series around the country. I know the ASA stars tour picked that up, uh, when they formatted, uh, I know the snowball derby, that was a big thing as well, where a lot of teams were spending a lot of money on the pit crews because they were green flag style apps or pit stops. Now that they're controlled cautions, they're saving some money there and make and throwing in a little bit of strategy for it as well. Yeah. So order you come in, order you go out as long as you fall under that given time frame to come back out. So uh basically you just have to have to beat the pace car, pace truck out onto the racetrack for that said number of laps. So that's what a control caution looks like. And most times you see those in your in your bigger higher paying, longer races um, in terms of that. But then one other kind of anomaly that you may see is you, you call them like a segmented break or a stage break, kind of oh, kind of similar to NASCAR a little bit in the sense. Um, 
we're like up here for us is we have Dell's runs. They had the following. They had the, the stage break at lap 75. They let the cars go back to the pits to make changes. Um, where you may see a longer break where it's not counted by a number of laps or it's just a set amount of time where guys can make adjustments on their race cars. So um, that would be a little bit different from, from your controlled cautions. So um, just felt like that one would be, that one was something that we could kind of just acknowledge and have in the memory bank for that one. Uh, an example that I got for that is kind of referring back to the previous picture we had with the Slinger <laughs> Nationals. Typically what they do is they'll run uh, 99 laps, throw the caution, everybody goes back to the pits for 10 minutes, make whatever changes you can make in 10 minutes, you come back out and you run the last 101 laps from there. Yeah. A lot of guys, I've Dick, or uh, not Dick Trickle, Rich Bickle was really famous for this. He would change fire suits uh, during that because it felt like it would be a brand new race then. Oh. oh so he would change fire suits. Yep, a little more strategy involved. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you you may see uh, an event like that where you may see the cars actually leave the racetrack and then come back out, they'll line them up again. And again, same scenario. Um, you would not lose your position based on when you go, how you go in and how you come out. So same exact idea in terms of the scoring. So yeah, that kind of uh, touches on some anomalies you may see in the asphalt late model world. So from there, we'll go ahead and jump over to the dirt. So God uh, damn it. That's a good photo. Yeah, it sure is. We might've even been there for that one. <laughs> um, for those that are listening, this is uh, the USA nationals from this past year. Uh, it's their four wide shot on the backstretch side. So no. do we yeah. see it? No, <laughs> no. Um, but I yeah, don't know. So, there's there's a guy there's a white shirt sitting. Yep, you get your point. Nope, go down a little bit, right there. I wonder. That that's might pretty be damn it. close. We have, to, we have to take a zoom and take a little look at it. But um, yeah, so we'll jump over to the the dirt side of things. Um, and dirt is a little bit more, a little bit more straightforward. It's a little bit more uh, simple. I guess would be the word you would say. Um. Now, uh, at least on the asphalt or the dirt late model side of things, um, their their practice practice or they call them hot laps as well. Most times they let three cars out at a time, and you get three timed laps. That is it. So when you would see your, I think most times if you watch Lucas Oil, it's your dirt draft hot laps. Um, they get three laps. You get three green flag hot laps. So. Um, only three laps instead of a blocked amount of time. Um, you got to come off the trailer good. Yeah, you got to unload ready to rock and roll is what it comes down to for practice. So then from there, they go right into qualifying, and their qualifying is similar just in a sense of when they do, they let three cars out at a time, and they'll stagger them on the racetrack. So um, they'll let three of them out. They'll stagger them a third of a track apart. They'll cut them loose. They get, again, it's usually two or three green flag laps, uh, three up to speed laps uh, for their qualifying session um, to set their um, quickest cars of the night. So there's qualifying heat races, um, very similar to the asphalt side of things. Most times your heat races are going to be about 10 laps, 
um, based on qualifying. It will lock most times it's three, um, three cars into your main event for the evening. So again, same idea. Uh, you can make ground, you can lose ground. Um, and then from there, that will set your C and B main features again, but just depending on your car count where that last chance qualifier um, is your last opportunity to lock yourself into or race your way into the big feature for the night. And then same as the asphalt, provisional drivers are announced based on points and um, the many different ways you can counter provisional. And then uh, they go feature racing. So a little bit more abbreviated, uh, a little bit shorter, uh, just in the sense of practice is three laps. Qualifying is three car groups. Um, so, yeah, that kind of that kind of is your dirt side of things. And I think kind of just comparing the two. So asphalt, you know, you might have a set block of time you know, 10, 15 minutes, you can go out there and run 50. Like we said, you can go out there, and run 50, 25 laps and take all the time you use all the time or use none of the time dirt. Don't work like that. You get three laps. So when, the, when these guys are saying, you know, you have to unload or you got to come off the trailer. Good means when you show up to the racetrack and you go out there for your practice, you need your car to be fast because you don't have, when you only get three laps to practice, you got to be able to diagnose, you know, why is my car slow in three laps? So um, just a big difference there is between dirt and asphalt. Dirt, you only get three laps for practice, and there's no time. Similar to qualifying asphalt, you'll see one car on the track a lot of times. Dirt, you're going to see three cars out on the track at a time, and they're all doing their timing, um, timing in, and then, uh, the heat races and so forth kind of follows the same structure. You'll do, get a heat race. If you race well enough in the in the heat race, you'll almost lock yourself in from here down to the A main. You can skip a couple bullet points. If not, you got to keep reading. Um, go to the next bullet. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, read, read um, the fine print. <laughs> yeah. So um, general format, like you said, dirt's a little bit more straightforward. Um and then I'm sure you got another slide talking about a little bit. Do you have another slide or no? Not for the dirt, no. Just uh, for structure, I think. Yeah, for structure, I do. Yep. Okay, so yeah. when you look at look at the structure of the races, most times for the dirt super late miles, and I think this will be your biggest difference. Um, is these a lot of the biggest dirt super late model races are run as like single run events or straight through events where. Most will cap at about a hundred laps where they're just not counting caution laps there. It becomes a tire conservation game. It becomes a fuel conservation game um, where your right foot could dictate if you're going to make it to the end or not based on fuel mileage and, and saving that right rear. So um, kind of just in terms of having cautions or issues, I would say in terms of, well, I got a flat, you're just kind of at the mercy of race control. Can you get that car to the infield quick enough to change a tire to be back out before they go green or before they reset the order? So um, that's where, again, crews will, will bring tires and they'll bring equipment down to the infield, but they just, you're at the mercy of race control. So I don't think, and Cam, correct me if I'm wrong, 
I don't think I've seen an event run with a dirt super where they've actually had a, a break to work on the car. No. No. And so. I would say that is, if you're going to look at, you know, feature events, that's the biggest difference in asphalt or on the blacktop. You know, they'll have set breaks where you stop and you go to the pits and you make changes. You know, they'll tell the, the drivers will know ahead of time, we're going to run 50 laps. Then I get to take my car to the pits, work on it. Then we'll run another 50 laps. I get to go to the pits after that. And then the race finishes at 150. With dirt, I would say 90% of the time or 95% of the time, the races are 40 laps. And once the green flag hits, unless somebody crashes, you don't stop until you're done racing, until you clock off 40 laps. The, yep. I have seen one exception to it is and this is very circumstantial it just depends on how the race runs if they have a lot of caution laps they'll have a break to let guys put fuel in the car but yeah that's that's a very how the race is running and if they extend the race a little bit that's the only situation that i feel like that would that would circumstance or override everything that you said yeah a yeah. little bit more an, an anomaly type scenario yep. yeah. yeah but that that's the biggest difference is a dirt race, once you get the green flag, you don't stop until you've completed all the laps unless somebody crashes. Yep. In yeah, asphalt, yep. Yep. In asphalt, you might have set breaks during the race where you, you know, everybody's gonna stop at lap fit lap 50 and you go to the pits. Dirt, there's none of that. Green flag, and you don't slow down or stop unless somebody's spun out and in your way. Nope, you got what you got. And even then, if you get damaged. Um, they may allow you, there's usually officials right, right off of turn number four, um, that if you get into a little bit of a wreck, there will be an official that if you stop there, they will pull fenders out and then it's get back in line. So, um, even then you get in a little bit of a wreck, you may not even have the ability to come in and change tires. And, um, there will be an official there when they, when they go to change tires that will deem that tire is flat. Otherwise they will make them bolt that tire back on as well. So, um, again, trying to just keep the, the playing field level, but, uh, yeah, the, the dirt races, they're a little bit shorter races, but they, they, uh, they put on good shows as well. Well, so, you got this awesome picture pulled up here. Yeah. And we're talking about racing 101. Do you think it would be beneficial to do an episode like talking through, like putting a picture of a race car and talking through the different parts and what can be changed and what we talk like when we're talking about the nose or the spoiler Dude. or <laughs> the right rear? Like you, oh God, we could have, ooh, oh, sorry, I'm watching the Chili Bowl, big hit. Uh, you, we could have an episode just on a dirt car and an episode on a, a late model or a cup car. We, we could talk. We could talk hours on a dirt late model. Just throw that in the memory bank. Yeah. Got it. Will do. Anyways. But yeah, um, that's kind of the structure of the dirt, dirt late model formats. Um, kind of, kind of just a brief touch on it, just because I feel like in all of our other terminology, we've kind of touched on it a little bit. And I think I'm, when I mentioned this NASCAR format, I'm talking more so just about the feature, um, NASCAR in terms of qualifying, they, they will qualify us, but they also do not run an invert. Um, fastest car starts on the pole. It's one to 38 and whoever shows up, you're going to time in there. Um, 
Um, no heat races, no provisionals. It's just you time in and that's where you're going to roll off for your feature. So um, the little bit different format with NASCAR and, and this is would be for their top three series um, is they have those stage breaks. And most times that'll it's a it's a caution. You get the green and white checkers um, and they will award points for um the top 10 placers in each stage so there's some incentive to race in the middle of the race um and even that that first place finisher or stage winner gets a playoff point so talk about pointing your way into the playoffs or giving yourself an advantage to carry points into the playoff system and throughout the playoffs yep as well as once you get in they can, can carry you through as well so um I kind of gave a little bit of an abbreviated uh, point breakdown. So first place is 10 points and that playoff point. Second place is nine. Third place is eighth. And then you go all the way down to 10th. They get one point. So um, those stage breaks, live pit stops, just like a regular pit stop, come in, make changes. You want to stay out, you can stay out. Um, Otherwise, um, that's really the only big difference and then um as well as a nascar caution laps do count towards the total race so where you look at a lot of the short track races you're at caution laps do not do not count towards the total um in the nascar format they do so kind of a double-edged sword where if you get a wreck fest of a race you don't really get um green flag runs but um, those laps do count towards your total. So kind of just a, a, a brief touch on NASCAR just because we've kind of covered everything else, but no heats, just qualifying, line them up, we're going racing. So you see this pen or no? Yeah, you put a dot right by my D, didn't you? I was going to do some drawing. I think it's whenever you, whatever you finish drawing is when we see it. Yeah. So the race, 300 laps. I was going to say, just break it down. We're feeling frisky tonight, aren't we? (laughs) Stage one, two, Wow. This is awesome. So this stage one in a 300-lap race might be 75 laps. And then at the end of those 75 laps, first place, if you're in first at the end of 75 laps, you get this up here, 10 points. <laughs> and then you run another 75 laps oh. at the end of stage two, and somebody's awarded 10 more points. <laughs> and then you run 150 to the end, which is this over here is 300. <laughs> yep. Um, you Somebody's... finish the race, you run the last 150 laps, and yep. then that race winner gets more points than 10. Correct? No. 10. No. It's at, 10. The, at the end of the race, it's the normal points. You only get those point awards at the two stage breaks. Yeah, you get to lock yourself into the playoff. That's it. You get the 10, but then you're locked in. Correct. Got it. So, 
I guess no, I don't no, know if this you don't helps. get the points. You just you don't get the stage points at the end of of the race. You just get the race points, and then if you won, you're locked in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if this kind of helps break down. So this is why we're talking about when you're talking about stage one. You know, and there's ten points on the line. You know, some guys. This is why we talk about you know guys are racing hard in these first seventy five laps because they want these ten points. So they race you know, pretty hard in the first 75 laps, as opposed to if there wasn't any stage breaks, you know, they could just do nothing for the first 290 laps and then race hard for the last 10. Right. So that's kind of like how we're talking about the race within the race. And that I guess is in my mind, how I'd break down, you know, visually the stage, you know, a NASCAR race, 300 laps, stage one, 75 stage two is another 75 and then three usually is a little bit longer, you know, 150. But if you're they stop the race at these these lines right here, they stop the race. They throw a green, that's a basically a caution, and they stop the race, and then you can go into the pits and yeah. the whole dance. So yeah, so that's kind of a breakdown on NASCAR. Okay. Bingo. Well, that's that's format. We've covered the format. That's what you see in terms of logistically from a race standpoint. So we'll go ahead and uh, kick it over to the vocabulary fellows. You guys are going to dive into. And, and if some of these term, terms that I threw out here do not make sense, don't panic. You might get an abbreviation here on a couple of them. So just. Uh, we'll try and clean them up as we go. Yep, it's we just had to get the format out there and then we'll we'll brush up your knowledge here as we finish this off. So okay. What do we got? Race lingo. You ready? Um per expectation. Um I'm the dirt guy, so we're gonna jump right into when we're talking about dirt racing. Um you can hopefully get a little bit on the same wavelength as us um, or at least have a baseline knowledge of what we're talking about when we do, um, when we're chatting about dirt racing. So dirt racing lingo, let's get into it. So first classes of cars, um, which I don't know why I did not put a picture on this slide, but first you have late models. Um, so there's, you know, a couple different kinds Super late model, open motor, the most horsepower, the fastest that you're going to get. There's a 604 late model, same car, just different engine size. And then 602, um, again, same car, just different um, size uh, motor. Then you're going to get into sprint cars. Um, these are the funky looking cars with the wings on the top. Um, again, they're they're really fast. Um, and when they wreck, you typically don't spin out and keep going when you wreck in this, like your night's over, um, pack it up. So there's two different types of sprint cars. Um, there's a 410 sprint car and then, um, there's a 360 sprint car. So those are your two types of sprint cars. And then lastly, on the dirt, you'll also see a modified and there's an A mod and a B mod. And then you might also... Similar cars, um, obviously modified, and then Q 
Cal left out maybe the greatest dirt racing class of all time, street stocks. Um, <laughs> you, might, <laughs> you might run into those at your local um, uh, local short track. Um, Cal, if I, I might. Um, yeah, I'll just skip it for now. Um, I was going to pull up some pictures, but I'd be Googling a bunch of stuff. Anyways, so uh, those are your different classes of cars and um, what you might expect to see. Some nights, if you go to a dirt race, they'll run um, a late model class and a sprint car class. They might run, you know, you might see these both at the same night, at the same racetrack on the same night. A lot of times you'll see only late models and then maybe, you know, modifieds with it, or you'll see only sprint cars and then modifieds with it as well. Um, but if you ever do want to come across an event where you're seeing uh, a super late model and a sprint car, if they're both racing at the same track, this is what we would call, you know, must watch TV or a must be there event. So those are kind of the different car, different types of um uh, classes of race cars that you'll see. So with that, we're going to get into, um, what are you guys laughing at? The group chat shenanigans. We'll, uh, unrelated to racing. So you don't have to look, oh, you already looked. Okay. <laughs> no, I didn't look, but you guys are laughing. So I'm not. Yeah. Gonna... Unrelated yeah. to racing. Keep going with your, your thing. <laughs> anyway. So first, whoa. Getting a little excited there. Um, so when we talk about, a lot of times you're going to hear us talking about guys so-called ripping the cushion or they're running the cushion. And this isn't, this is about, if you Google dirt racetrack cushion, this is about you're going to, best picture you're going to see. Um, so as you can see, usually there's racetrack over here, down here. But then you can see this dark layer of dirt. Um, I can't annotate. Oh, yeah, you betcha I can. <laughs> um, like a curb almost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right up here. This dark. I oh, see this dark right in here. So this is the cushion up in here, and it's like a curb. Um, and so when you see, when we talk about guys ripping the cushion or whatever, it's typically, as you can see, right up here is next to the wall. It's typically right up by the wall. So when guys are up there, they're running this, and a lot of times you get more speed when you are up here. You don't have to use the brake as much. You're A lot of times you're smashing the gas over. All the way around the top of the racetrack, you get more speed down the straightaway. But with more speed comes more risk. Clearly, you can see you are right next to the wall. Um, so a lot of times, you know, on a dirt late model race, these guys, you'll look at the right behind the right tire, the right rear tire, and the decals got the right rear of the car has typically got a lot of skid marks on it. So um, that's from banging the wall down and running the cushion. The other downfall of running the cushion 
is as you can see or they already talked about um usually it's like a curb and so if you get in too deep into this stuff that grabs you um and that'll send you for a ride and a ride you don't want to be on um typically flipping over or do some damage to your car so you're basically up here you get the most speed out of the corner when you're out typically when you're running this cushion but you know it's a fine line um with more more speed comes more risk um you're living you know, dangerously anything i missed on the cushion oh no you just gotta say you like to live life on the edge yep yeah um and obviously you can see this stuff in here is not smoothed out like you said it's kind of like a curb and when you hit it it grabs you and as guys run this you know they run right up on this this will just continue to get pushed right up to the wall yeah so the more the guys run it this stuff this dirt will get flung outside the track or it'll get flung you know stuck on the wall as you can see and pretty soon it's going to be right you got it no choice but to run right next to the wall so um, when we talk about a cushion um that's what we talk about again not a lot of break up there whole lot of gas um but with a whole lot of gas comes a whole lot of damage sometimes buddy Colfoy just wants qualifier by the way so yep. setting himself up for uh the a main tonight yep all right Cam. sorry about that next um this is getting into so we talk about cushion this is a, a dirt term you're going to hear often um that is a track condition so dry slick so this is going to be referring to the track itself and as you can see no moisture on the track and it's often dusty so when we talk about dry slick i'm going to get out my you gotta get your marker again yep hmm. you're feeling artsy today yeah, we're adding a new element to the channel, the art section. <laughs> so when Kellen's or when we're talking about um no moisture on the track, we're talking about this right here. I don't wow. know if you can see that. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah, there's no moisture, a lot of dusty. When we talk about this, oftentimes it almost sometimes this will get almost like an asphalt racetrack almost rubber it rubbers up oh there's a lot of rubber from the tires from their tires all the laps being run there'll be a lot of rubber here and there's not a lot of you know sideways it almost kind of becomes like an asphalt race so this is kind of dry slick um and then side tangent to that point um We talked, we just talked about cushion and you can kind of see that. So cushion is going to be, you can see it way up there, but then yep. you can also see guys like there's dirt moisture right here. So you got guys that are going to try to run the very bottom and get on some of this moisture, but then you also have guys that'll run way up by the wall and run the cushion. So um, when we're talking about, you know, different lanes, 
guys running the inside, guys around the cushion. These guys, they're running the middle of the track. They're running right through it. Um, so dry slick is often term. You, if you ever watch a dirt a dirt race, there's a really good chance you're going to hear that, um, and that's referring to track conditions. And if you want to know what a dry slick track is, if you see a lot of dust, it's a pretty good indication. So, or shiny, the race or track shiny. Is, gets really shiny. That's where you're going to have. And it looks like almost blacktop. Yeah, it looks glossy. Yep. For sure. Um, anything I missed there? Nope. Next. So this is going to be another term you're going to hear a lot. And this is only with a dirt late model that you can see down here on the bottom right. And Kel, you can probably chime in. You're the most well-versed on that. Mm -hmm. um, but droop rule, and this is always kind of a, a hot, a hot topic. Um, whatever, guys get love it or hate it. Um, whatever. Recent rule too, but droop rule. So left rear deck height can be no higher than fifty-one inches, and then the car is jacked up to extend the shock slash limiter chain and then you must slide a 0 0.04 sheet aluminum under the tire so this is basically to check for cheating um and make sure that the guy's shocks are legal and they're not doing some shady stuff um but i'll turn it over to the expert Kel, if you want to chime in a little bit more on the droop rule and what we're referring to yeah, so basically what they do is they take that they take that left rear of the race car and they'll they'll put a jack underneath. Can't go to the next slide actually. Should be a should be a big picture, I think. Yep. Yeah, there you go. So as you can see, they got a they got a floor jack underneath there. They're they're basically they're jacking up the chassis and they're gonna let that left rear hang down where that shock is extended in that limiter chain while it will float that rear end. And what they'll do is you'll see a guy, he's got, it looks like a broomstick. He's going to have a sheet of aluminum on the end of it. And he's just going to kind of stab at the tire until that sheet goes under. So when that sheet goes under, this guy that's on his knees here with that jack, he'll get out his tape measure out of his pocket and he'll stab the tape measure right to the ground. And then he's going to go, yep, he's going to go right to that shiny strip. Right where that arrow is, yes. So it's that is your deck lid height. So it's got to be under 51 inches. So um it just kind of keeps it consistent with um that that left rear shock just because a lot of times in these dirt lay mile races, you're gonna smash up the right rear quarter. So you, there's really no way to measure it where guys could just go bang them up and then have something goofy in there. So that's what your droop rule is. Um, most times they will check them after qualifying and then after the features. So it's basically a sheet of aluminum and 51 inches from the ground. So that rear end just has to kind of hang just enough to get it off the ground. So they'll check uh, shock and limiter chain underneath there. So and this is another rule that a lot of guys, you know, dislike because you win a, you know, a big race. And then post race, you'll go 
Ricky Thornton Jr. had this happen this year. I forget which race it was, but he won a big race. And then after, does the whole celebration, the whole nine yards. Yep, I won the race, got the big check. And then he goes to the tech shed, and they do this test on it, and it doesn't pass that he's under 51 inches disqualified. Over, over 51 inches. Over 51 inches, my bad. Yep, got to be under, yeah. So if you're over, disqualified, thanks for participating. Last place, no check. Yep. So so when we refer to droop rule, um, that's a lot of times what we're talking to. They do it at every dirt late model um, race there is. Um, sprint cars, there is no such thing. So, um, yeah. Next slide. This is an interesting slide. Um, but what people probably don't realize often is tire options um, and tire grooving. So a lot of times when we're talking about tires, we're talking about compound. Um, we're talking about air pressure um, and different types of things you can do. So, with dirt with dirt racing any any sort of dirt dirt racing you want optimal grip um in a different way so there's different types of compounds of tires you can run a hard tire or a soft tire unless i'm missing the point pretty self explanatory the nope. rubber's going to be a little bit harder on the hard tire and a little bit softer on the soft tire. Yep. And you choose that based on um, track conditions. Track prep, how you got the car set up, how you groove the tire. There's a million. Length of race. Yeah. But you're basically looking at, you know, how do I maximize my speed on a harder tire or a softer tire? Here would be a good question for you. When are you going to a hard tire versus a soft tire? Hard hard tires are going to be a, a longer a longer high speed race. Most times you talk about an Eldora or a Knoxville, you're going to run a hard tire. A softer tire is going to be a little more flex. There's going to be a little more grip. So that would be like a, a smaller. Yeah, when you think of a soft tire, you probably could think of a Fairberry. You could think of a Kokomo. You could think of a shorter track like that. So, um, now that's not to be said that those guys can't run the hard tire at or run those tire combinations opposite. Um, but that most times will be what your selection is based on. So, that'll be your tire compound. Obviously, you can change the air pressure on the tire. You want more air in the tire, less air in the tire. That's up to you based on how you're setting up the car. But then a lot of times what people don't realize too is they are grooving. Whoa. Grooving. You're cutting this tire for more grip. And we got this new element. So you can see this tire. And is what they'll do is this gun right here gets wicked hot and it's got a nice little 
sharp groover right in here. And if you can see, if you look at these squares on the tire, all you have is this horizontal line right here. Now, if you go back and look at these squares, you see they have a horizontal line, but they also have this vertical line. So you're cutting grooves in the tire based on what you think is going to give your car more grip and make it faster. Um, a shameless plug, uh, if you're on social media and guy who we're starting to like more and more and he's racing the chili bowl, Nick Hoffman just put a picture out of what he's doing with his chili bowl and his midget car. Um, but he's cutting, you know, how this is cut in two different ways. He's cutting these squares in every different way. And then he's running practice lap and he's going to see, um, you know, is the tire wearing a lot quicker in different spots and so forth. So um, a lot of times you're going to hear us talking about, you know, tires, um, hard, hard or soft tire. And then within that, you're going to be talking about air pressure, which means you're either going to be blowing it up more or letting air out of it. And then within that, at every dirt track, these guys are grooving their tires. You got somebody on your pit crew who's a tire groover. They come along, they look at the track and say, I'm going to cut your tire this way. It's going to make it faster. So that is um, some lingo on tires. Gears, um, different compared to asphalt gearing you only have high gear you get out there you put it in you got it your low gear and then you got your high gear and you put it in high gear and it is that's race gear um pedal to the metal and that's why gear selection becomes critical there's no shifting during the race restarts it's one gear and that's the gear you're in the only thing you can adjust within the gear is basically how soon you want to hit your rev limiter um so we always talk about you know i wonder what gear these guys are running or if you watch a race and you hear one guy's engine sounds like it's revved up really high he's running up a, a bigger gear um so uh another thing that you'll just hear us talk about dirt racing is gear gears you got one gear in racing and dirt racing and it's high gear your goal gear another critical element to um dirt racing tear offs keep your vision clear so uh, a lot of times in racing or in well in racing you'll see that these guys basically in front of um in front of their helmets they basically it looks like they got a jail cell of metal bars like this that keeps them from getting hit by dirt chunks that's in a late model and a sprint car and a modified. They all got like these looks like a jail cell in front of their helmets. Um, 
That's to keep them from getting hit by big dirt chunks, obviously. But then tear off. You can see these little circles. That is when they get too much dirt on their visor and they can't see, they grab this little circle thing as they're driving at rapid speeds and they go like this and pull it off and throw it out the window and boom, their vision's clear. Um, so that is what a tear off is. Obviously it's critical. Um, keeps their vision clear. Sometimes guys are putting, you know, 25, 30 of these on their windshield for any given race. You know, if it's really dusty, you're going to be doing a lap. You're pulling that a tear off, getting clear vision again. No windshield wipers on these cars, obviously. So um, that's how you keep your vision clear. And then other mixed terminology you're going to hear us um, kind of talk about or, you know, we'll throw in there is shakedown. So that's basically, you know, a guy's out at a track. He's just doing a practice session by himself or test, you know, testing different things, different tires. Um, but you'll hear us say shakedown. That's testing a new car or a fixed race car. You'll hear announcers say hooked up, which means that typically the car is really fast. They have the best setup and the car's making the fastest laps. Um, so you'll hear announcers say, yeah, that guy's car is hooked up tonight. Um, he's got the best setup, typically the fastest car. Another couple words you're going to hear us talk about slider and crossover. Um, that's kind of hard to explain in, in, in words without having a video clip live and ready to watch. Um, but basically, a slider is if you're in second place and you have a car in front of us on a dirt track, you're sliding right up in front of them without hitting them and basically cutting him off. And in the meantime, you'll pass him um, and you won't wreck anybody. Um, but you're sliding right up in front of them and passing him. A crossover would be a guy tries that slide off, slider, he cuts you off. And slides right in front of you and then you cut right below him and you're able to pass him oh boy I'm, just keep going i'm getting you ready for the next one um so that's a slider and a crossover slider you're sliding right up in front of them you're basically cutting them off but then a crossover is going to be a guy knows that you're going to try to cut him off like that so you kind of go slower into the corner he does that slider he slides right up in front of you you hit the gas and you cut right below him and you kind of cross him over um as my jack man just drew right there another term you're always going to hear that you'll go to if you get enough crashes a delaware double file restart um and he drew it right there if you're in first place you start in the front by yourself nobody by you on the inside or outside and then from there double file second third fourth fifth everybody's lined up two by two behind you so if you're at a dirt track there's a really good chance you're going to hear a double delaware double file restart and then lastly you're always going to hear us talk about track prep 
you know, they're track prepping right now at the Chili Bowl before the final, before the feature. Um, and track prep is can be a whole lot of different things. You can get out there. You can they basically take you know a tiller, they take a grader, they make the smooth, they make the track more smooth again. Um, you hear a water truck, they put water on it, and everybody does it differently. Um, typically you got somebody that's in charge of your racetrack, um, and they do, you know, track prep and they basically do it to, you know, kind of reset it, make it, make the track, um, produce the best racing possible so that guys can run the cushion or run the inside. So, um, when you're talking about track prep, um, that's just machinery on the, on the, on the track tilling it up they'll have a grader out there that'll be grading dirt um you have a skid steer out there sometimes you have a water truck out there all just you know reworking the track to make it better for racing so that's dirt terminology um what you, we use and a lot of times you hear announcers talking about so anything i missed you guys want to hit on oh that was solid yeah, I think you hit pretty much everything. No. Yeah. Trying to think. Good by me. All right. Thought I had a random thought come to mind, but total brain fart on my part. As we're watching Chili Bowl, I left midget. Off of the classes. Yeah. Uh, if you want to see what a Mitch car looks like, go back to our If We're Starting a Race Team episode. Oh, yeah. There you go. It's a team that I said I would start. So I suppose I guess we got to switch over to the asphalt stuff here, huh? We do. I'll Next man stuff. up. Yeah, I'll get my stuff up and rolling here. So I had to throw this uh, Days of Thunder one in there. I don't know much about race cars, neither does any other driver. I got to throw this disclaimer out there. We've said it before. None of us are engineers by any means and <laughs> know a lot about race cars. So we're shooting from the hip a little bit, but we're going off just of our, our personal experiences and, and things that we've heard uh, over the years as well. So, you know, we're going to talk about loose and tight, adjustments you can make, choose cone, and, and many much more things. So... I think a great way to start, uh, just and this is doesn't apply just to asphalt, but this applies to dirt racing as well. Oop, if I can get my thing going here, race flags. Start with all the different flags that are out there. So there's a lot of them. So I'm gonna try and go through them pretty quick. So green, pretty straightforward. Starts the race or it restarts the race, uh, throughout the event. Green and white checkered. You heard Cam and Kel mention it a couple times here. That green and white checkered. It's the end of the stage. Typically used only in NASCAR. Uh, I know the ASA Stars Tour, they also have their ASA Stars flag. Same deal, ends, uh, end of the stage. Yellow debris or there's a wreck on the track. Basically, there's caution on the track. You got to slow down so that crews can work on cleaning that up. Red, it gets there's extensive cleanup needed or, red, or weather delay. Stops the race at that point. There's no passing. There's no adjustments on the cars. Race is frozen, basically. White flag, one lap to go in the race, 
And of course the checkered flag is the race is over that one. You want to be the first one that crosses under that checkered flag uh, for the end of the race. Some of these other flags, they're a little bit more specialty. One of them you almost never want to see is that black flag. It means you <laughs> got a penalty you have to serve, whether it's a pass through, you have to get off of the track. You got to make repairs to your car while the race is going on. It's one you never want to see. And one that's even worse than that is the black flag with the white crosses. That means you didn't serve your penalty, so you are no longer being counted on this track. So for each lap that you turn, you're getting docked a lap. So uh, moving on, going to that blue flag with the L stripe, that means you got faster cars behind you. Uh, You need to move over, let those faster, faster cars go by. And then the blue flag one that's on here, it's for minor instance, in, incidents ahead. Use caution. This is used only on the road courses um, just because of how how widened out the track can be. There are some times where cars spun, you don't need to bring a caution out. Uh, another one that isn't on here but is used both at the asphalt scene and the dirt scene is the cross flags. So it's just the flag man. He takes two flags, f- makes them into an X. You're halfway through the race. Just a quick little indicator for all the drivers just to gauge how the race is going. Uh, but like I said, all these flags are typically used at, at any race that you go to. They may have different flags for events here and there, but these are going to be the mainstay flags that you come across. So getting into some of the track descriptions, kind of hitting the different tracks that you might see. Uh, you hit super speedway tracks. So typically they're oval tracks that are over two mile length. Some of those tracks include Daytona, Talladega, Pocono, and the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, some tracks you may get drafting involved, like Daytona and Talladega, where you get some tracks where it's purely just based on horsepower and arrow, like Pocono and Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Moving down, you get to the intermediate tracks. So these are going to be oval tracks that are between a mile or two in length. This is where you get a majority of your racetracks on a schedule, especially on the NASCAR scene. Uh, so you get tracks like Charlotte Motor Speedway, Milwaukee Mile, the Michigan International Raceway, just some of those tracks that, again, it just comes purely down to setup. Uh, you hit the short track scene. Uh, that's old tracks that are less than a mile in length. So you hit a little bit of the NASCAR. You hit a little bit of the uh, asphalt super late model racing as well. So you got Bristol Motor Speedway, Madison International Raceway, Five Flag Speedway, just to throw a few of them out there. And then you got your road courses. So tracks of varying lengths that have left and right turns. I've got pictured Road America up here. Uh, we also got Watkins Glen in the Chicago Street Course, just to, to provide some examples of different tracks that you might see. Going into some of the race terms. So you hear inside and outside. So basically, if a car is on left, is inside. If the car is on the right, is outside. So as an example, let's see if I can use the uh, use a marker here as well. So, taking this car for example here, got the the white car on the on the right side of the car. That'd be a car on the outside. Whereas now, if we're talking about the car on the white, that car that yellow car on the left side is going to be on the inside. Can I clear this? How do I clear? Oh, there we go. Oh. I'm figuring it out. Um, so that's you know you're inside or outside. Race pace, you definitely hear this on the NASCAR side, and I think Dale Jr. always brings this up as well. What'd you circle there? Inside, outside, you skipped the most, the best racing. Three oh, wide. the three wide, sure. Yep. This guy right here, he's going to be three wide, and he's going to say middle of two, meaning you got one on the inside, you got one on the outside. Or you get that car that's on the inside, you'll say you're three wide, 
uh, outside two, outside two or something like that. So that's just uh, uh, three wide. Um, uh, and if you're seeing that on a racetrack, that's what you want to see. <laughs> uh, race pace. So this is one that Dale Drew brings up a lot. Uh, it's kind of the what's the difference between race pace and race speed. So race pace is a car that doesn't lose a lot of time over over the period of a race or uh, of a run. So the guy is running consistent laps throughout the throughout the run of a uh, of a race whereas the overall speed it's that's your one lap speed where a guy might lose a lot of time as the race goes on as well so depending on the race you do want sometimes you want a car that is more set up for uh race pace versus overall speed but sometimes you do want a car that is set up for overall speed as well talking about downforce so that's the amount of air pushing down on the car and i tried to get this up here as an example so you want as much air pushing down let's see if i can get my pen out here again you want as much air pushing down on this car as possible because it's going to produce grip and it's going to help you go uh throughout uh hit the track and it's going to carry a lot of speed uh when you get to drag it's a lot of air that is slowing down the car so drag you're going to see a lot of it here at the spoiler it basically acts like a parachute it just it it trying to figure out my words it just it grabs the car and it slows it down from there uh you also hear a lot of side downforce where you're getting a lot of side uh air hitting the side of the car that could also help turn the car as well choose colon used a lot at the short track scene but also on the nascar scene basically you know on the nascar scene i got the uh, yellow arrow on the track here that tells a guy all right you go either the inside or outside um on the short track scene literally a guy will bring out a cone and you gotta split the cone from there uh slide job you talked about a little bit uh it's basically it's just a guy gets aggressive into the corner and slides up in front of the other one I think the infamous moment was Kyle Larson when he pulled the slide job on Kyle Busch and you heard Dale Jr. just yell, slide job. So um, always hitting the chip, you kind of reference that a little bit as well. It kind of works with the gearing as well. Hitting the chip is you're hitting the rev limiter in the motor. Uh, it's typically used to help manage the entry speed. So you want to time that out where maybe that chip's hitting two, three, four times, not halfway down the straightaway like we've heard <laughs> in some instances as well. Um, it almost sounds like a Jake break on a truck is kind of what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. It's the best way to describe it. And then hitting your marks. So that includes, uh, braking throttle points, where to turn in, where the car needs to hit. And I think the best way I could describe that is I actually hopped on iRacing, uh, and, and turned a couple laps to help prove this point. So. Okay, I got to get, get out of my, uh. I gotta get out my pen here. Click the click the pen button itself, the black and green one. The black and green one. Way over Turn in the off. corner. There the we left. go. I got it now. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so as we're letting this thing run, I'll kind of describe my points here. So as I get into turn three here, the center bar right in front of me here, as soon as it hits the stop the the caution light, I'm starting to turn into the turn. And then when it crosses the center post of the roll cage, that's when I start to let off of the gas. So that's kind of one of my points there. And I'm aiming for that yellow line. So like when I hit this little black patch, I want my tires to be on that on that mark on that line. 
So there's a couple marks there. Yep, you just had it on there. I'll see if I can back it up. So pretty much right where you marked it at. So that's where I'm aiming for. So that's kind of some of my marks going in. I also have them going out. So like that turn four signal, once it crosses that that uh, beam right in front of me or that post in front of me, that's when I'll start kind of playing with the gas, start picking up the gas. And then once I hit the cones here that we just drove by, and I'll kind of start letting the car creep up the track and get full corner to head down the straightaway. So when you hear a guy say, hit your marks, a driver's got to predetermine, you know, this is my my stop, my break off, this is my break point. Uh, that's what spotter means when he says, hit your marks. That's typically where the driver's going to turn your fastest laps. And that can adjust throughout the race as well, depending on how the tires are running. You might back off a little bit more um, or depending on how, uh, how much of a gap you got to the car behind you. So. I was glad I was able to get that to work, kind of help prove uh, what the, the marks track in. was that? Uh, this is USA Speedway. Is that it's a track that's thing? now defunct. Was that the track you threw me and Kellen on? Yep, probably. Yeah. No, it 100% is. Yeah. Uh, track was miserable. <laughs> so it took me a lot, a lot of laps to figure out my marks, uh, but it, it's definitely come through for me, so... Going into some of the handling lingo. So a common term you'll hear is tight and loose. So we'll start with the loose one. So the loose is the rear tires have no grip. It's, you know, a four-wheel slide or it's a handful to, to, to handle. You'll hear that a lot of time. Typically loose is fast, but it's more out of control. Uh, I think the best way that we can bring it into like a real world, perfect example, it's a snowy day. You know, you take a turn and you start to feel your rear end kind of kick out a little bit. You got to get the overcorrect to get it back straightened out. That would be considered loose in the racing world. You get to the tight portion of it. That's where the front tires have no grip. So the nose of the car starts sliding towards the wall. Uh, a lot of times you'll hear it as plowing or it's a dump truck. Johnny Sauter's got some other colorful words, but we'll leave that for uh, the racetrack. Um mm -hmm. <laughs> tight is slow but it's more stable again kind of bringing it back to the real world tight is typically when you go in you know you're starting to take a corner you turn the wheel and it just keeps going straight that's an example of how a car could be tight no drive off so that's kind of when it's hard to get on the throttle and the exiting the corner so you may hear a guy you know if they're in the car he's kind of playing with the throttle or really feathering the throttle as he's trying to get off of the corner because he can't get onto it yep exactly kind of what cam's doing with his hand he's kind of fluttering his hand a little bit you're tapping the gas you can't just turn the wheel and go like this your tires are slipping so you gotta yeah you want to have a the smooth car. transition into the throttle yeah yep exactly and then when you hear guys kind of talking about how the car is handling, they're going to break it down into three different sections. You could have the entry, the middle, and the exit. So I kind of blocked them off here. Uh, this square up towards the top portion of the photo, that's going to be your entry. So you may hear a guy say, oh, I'm really loose in the entry. You're going to, it's going to be that first portion of it. The top, middle, just the middle of the corner or your apex of the corner, and then your entry, uh, same deal there. So you may hear a guy say, yeah, I'm really loose loose entry tight middle and i'm loose at off or exit that's going to be feedback that the crew chief's going to get in order to fix that car so typically it's you want to if you want to fix your entry because that'll maybe adjust what it'll maybe change what happens uh with the rest of the, the track as well 
so when when he is relaying that uh information to his crew chief you got the adjustments that can be made i just picked out a couple of them here that are going to be more uh in race adjustments versus what can be done in the garage just as there are so many things that can be done in the garage as well so one of them is air pressures that basically adds or removes air from the tires to maximize corner grip. I got this little display here. You want it properly inflated. So you got the most amount of tread on the track as much as you possibly can without damaging the tread, the, the tire. So underinflated, you hear a lot of times where the cars are blowing tires because they didn't have enough air in them. That's going to maximize your grip. But again, you're going to be damaging the tire and possibly have a blowout as well. Overinflating, you're not getting as much grip on the tire on or a tread on the tire because it's overinflated. You're not gonna have much grip, so you want to have that proper inflated. Track bar is one of the more common adjustments you hear as well. Um, so raising the track bar loosens the car up, whereas lowering it uh, tightens the car up. It's basically where the axle lines up compared to the center line of the car. So it just raises or lowers that axle just a tad bit to help with the adjustment of the car. I know the photo is a little blurry, little blurry, but it basically just, it changes the amount of pressure on the tire. This is basically what it comes down to. Uh, wedge is no longer NASCAR, so you hear this a lot in the short track scene, but it, it is the adjustment on the tension of the rear springs of the car. So I was listening to uh, Larry McReynolds. He's one of my favorite crew chiefs to get a lot of information from. Larry Mack. <laughs> yep, America's crew chief. So he said the wedge basically works like an X on the car. So if you're adjusting the left, if you put the wrench in, in the left rear of the car, it'll adjust the weight in the left rear and the right front. If you're putting it in the right rear, it'll adjust it in the right rear and the left front. Larry Mack. So I had to bring that up. Uh, basically, it's, like I said, it just adjusts the rear springs uh, of the suspension. Uh, brake bias is another one that the driver has a lot of control in. It's just a little knob in the car that adjusts how much brake goes into either the front of the the, the suspension or the rear suspension uh, because those brakes are two independent uh, braking systems and have two different controlling pistons as well. So more front brake uh, stops the car more suddenly, but is unstable under braking and more rear brake slows the car down over time, but is more stable under braking as well. So I know like when I, we were running those street stocks at USA, uh, brake, the brake bias is one thing I kind of told you guys to monkey with to see how the car adjusts. Uh, typically, I like to have a lot more rear brake in the car because I like to have the brakes. I want to be able to, as soon as the, I'm I'm slow enough to make the corner, I want to pu punch right back in the gas type of thing. So it does kind of come down to personal preference as far as the driver goes. Um, otherwise, I think that was actually all that I had. Um, just some of the basic things as far as the asphalt side of things. Um, yeah, was there anything else that you fellas had that you feel like I I missed at all? Or I'm gonna give this a I'm gonna give this a good old crack. Okay. Oh god, what you got? So since we're talking about it, whoa! All right, can I draw in here? Close your, close your toolbar. Click next, or click the X over there. Oh, let me uncheck your screen. Oh boy! Um, Can't you do? You can do a whiteboard and zoom here, big dog. Yeah, but I can't. There you go. All right. Well, I'm gonna just give this a quick crack because we've talked about it and. 
it's in both it's in both series all right it's in both series we just talked about it i talked about it mangrove talked about it and you're probably going to hear us anytime we're talking about a race um recap can you guys see this control bar no okay um when we talk about a race recap a dirt race um you're gonna see it you know sometimes in um uh, asphalt short track racing a slider and a crossover so i'm gonna do my best here Whoa. Uh, we'll just do this quick um, so here's your racetrack like this you have I'm just going to draw a box here this is car number one this is car number two a slider this guy you know, this guy's typically, this car is going to be running the cushion right up by the wall. This guy is going to come real low in here, and he's going to slide up like this right in front of him. And he's going to cut him off. This guy's going to be coming like this. He's going to run real low, and he's going to cut him off. And then they're going to go like that. That's what a slider is. Can I depict it any better? Nope, that was right on point. I think you hit it. Crossover, we can just beep, 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 rewind, back her up. Same two cars. Now, this guy, driver one, knows he's going to do the slider and come up here and cut him off. So, what he'll do is he'll slow down a little bit early and he'll slow down a little bit early in the corner. And when this guy does his slider, he does a crossover, he gets his car pointed down this back stretch and he cuts low like this off the corner and he's able to pass him but right back so this guy will cut up right in front of him but this guy this guy knows it's coming so he'll go a little bit slower into the corner this guy slides up in front of him he'll cut right underneath him and be able to pass him right back that's what's called a crossover you'll see it both in dirt and asphalt racing so and a lot of times when we talk about, um, you're going to hear us anytime we talk about a dirt late model race. Oh, Bobby Pierce threw a night through a wicked slider. Or Brandon Shepard crossed him up. Or if you're watching the Chili Bowl for the first time, you're going to see a lot of sliders in this. Correct. Mm. So guys slide up the racetrack and you try to do it so you just get your rear end of your car right to the front end and you basically cut them off so um i just wanted to draw that because anytime we're talking about racing anytime we're race recapping race previews live look-ins you're going to hear us using those two terms a lot mm. and if you don't if that depiction my art one high school level skills or it wasn't good enough for you just just google a, you know dirt track and asphalt slider slide job crossover and you'll get a good good idea 
about to say you can get some of them uh 164 cars out one of us could get a little thing going too oh yeah like i was <laughs> a young gun yeah well that kind of that, that wraps up the big the big portion of some lingo and terminology and race format and, and some of just the common terms that we as diehard race fans mention and say that may be uh, confusing to certain people. So um, for anybody that's listening, that kind of clears up. And these are all terminology that we will use um, on the daily as we talk about racing. So just kind of some insight and even even some insight into how race cars react and, and working on cars themselves. So uh, pretty cool little deal. It just gives you an opportunity to get some true insight into all of the structure and format and lingo and terminology that goes into um, racing that is most commonly used. So, and there is a lot of it. So it's always one of those, you know, you, you don't pick it up that first time. You just learn it over time and yeah. it almost becomes second nature then. So, yeah. So kind of looking ahead to the rest of the week, um, obviously of the chili bowl running all week. Um, that one, stay tuned. We're going to do something late in the week. Um, still working on schedule of that. So it may be a live, a live looking. It may be just um, another episode. Um, we're still working on the behind the scenes of that. So stay tuned for that. Um, and then you have Vado running as well for um, the weekend. So, uh, their, their finale, they got a, they got a while to run down there yet as well. So, uh, stay tuned to Votto. Uh, both of those events are on flow racing. So if you want to watch both, you can watch two screens on flow as long as you're on the same Wi-Fi. So phone, computer, TV, computer, TV, yep. phone, computer, smart TV. Two monitors like I got yeah. set up here. Whatever, however you can manage to work it. Um, you can run, uh, those screens on one internet. So um, got those two events. Um, and then kind of going ahead to next week's post Chili Bowl edition, we are going to do the next episode will be your top 10 bucket list race events to attend. So uh, the world bring you the top 10. Um, and I have a feeling we're going to get some wild ones from a little bit of everything from asphalt to dirt to indie car to sprint cars to late models to oh, i'm ready to i'm ready for to show you guys my list i got a list that i keep in my phone just kind of as races come up and i get to them yeah. i am ready to show you some of the races that are on my list so that'll be a good one that'll be um again as always if, if we can get if we can get five ten races of uh comments from fans we'd be more than happy to put together a little fan top 10 or fan top five so um that will be next week next week's episode so um stay tuned for that as well um and we'll be back on our regular weekly scheduled podcast so any kind of final thoughts before we wrap up here phyllis no, I think this was fun. You know, obviously there's a lot of other things that go on behind the scenes that, you know, we again, we could talk our ears off on, but uh, I think we just kind of hit some of the basic stuff the throughout the terminology of the dirt race and, and asphalt scene, but always ask anybody that you're going to the races with yeah. too, you know, 
they're going to be able to give you a lot of good information. And, uh, you know, the best way to do that is go to your local short track. They'll, you'll be able to learn a lot of stuff that goes on there. No, and I think hopefully we achieve um, the goal and purpose of this video is, one, just to give you a baseline understanding that, you know, you can, one, if you go to a racetrack, a short track, like we always encourage, you've got a baseline, you know, a general, you know, a little bit about the format, you know, a little bit about, um, you know, the cars, the tires, you know, whatever. Hopefully we've given you a baseline um, that when you go to your short, whatever racing, you know, whatever racing's around you, whatever racetrack, um, that you have a baseline knowledge that you can, you know, talk a little shop with somebody around you. You at least know the format and um, kind of how it's going to go. But then not only that, but more importantly, now we got you guys on the same level as us. Well, maybe not quite the same level, but um, we've got you guys racing 101. So now um, we're expecting a lot more engagement. <laughs> to say the least now that you guys know what we're talking about when we're talking about slide jobs and crossovers and um stuff like that we're talking about tire pressures now we can get a lot more fan engagement and hopefully um you know this provided a little bit more baseline that you can you know watch a nascar race coming up here we're not far away or watch you know a chili bowl race or watch any race um and just start where we all did of like it's not just cars going turning left um you can start getting into the intri intri intricacies you know finer details finer yeah let's go stay, let's stick yeah. with that um stones up here um <laughs> yeah the finer details um and you can start on putting yourself in a driver's shoes you know i would try a slider i would cross them over you know different setups and even now you can listen along to announcers you know they'll do a great job explaining things but now when they're talking about stage breaks you know you know you know what a stage break is so um i had a lot of fun um we're all passionate about um racing and so hopefully we can you know share our passion and give you guys a baseline and yeah. bring on more and more passionate race fans we talk about flow racing a lot. I'm just thinking about it. Now's a good time to do a free trial, flow racing. Give her a shot and, no. and see what it's like. Because you got racing. Yeah, a lot on, of good dude. racing on right now. Yeah. A lot of hours racing. So, yeah, that, that wraps up race lingo and format, racing 101, racing for dummies, however you want to say it, call it, do it. Um, that kind of wraps it up. Um, as always, we appreciate the listens the likes, the comments, the interaction. Uh, we love that from the fans. So as you go, don't be afraid to uh, drop a comment on any of the, the videos on either Spotify and or uh, YouTube. And uh, stay tuned. We'll have Chili Bowl coming up end of the week. We'll see you guys end of the week. <laughs>